0: your sexy thoughts about me and our guests to yourself, no matter how wonderfully perverted they are. Listen to the outro if you want to know how to connect and enjoy. Hello, lovely humans. I'm Wyo Lee and you are listening to Sex Stories, a podcast where we smash our sexual shame by sharing all the delicious details of your private lives, mine too, so that we can prioritize personal pleasure and do a better job of loving each other. And my guest today, I'm very excited to introduce to you. He is 34. He's a straight white male who uses the pronouns he and him. He's sometimes kinky, we're gonna get into that later. A freelance video editor, lives currently in Florida, originally from Illinois, and he has cerebral palsy. Welcome, Justin.
1: Hello, Wild, how are you?
0: I'm great, how are you? I'm good. Excellent. Can you tell our listeners when you first remember hearing about sex,
1: well, the first time I ever heard about sex or even thought about it was when um, I used to hear my mother having it. What? How old were you? I was about six or seven years.
0: Did you know what it was at the time?
1: I kind of had an idea what it was, uh-huh. but I didn't know exactly. I can't exhibit, but uh, I soon found out what it was because I asked her. I confronted her on it. I said, what is that? And she claimed that she was helping somebody with something.
0: <laughs> I mean, that's not a lie, depending yeah. on how you look at it.
1: <laughs> yeah. So my mother was one of those people that liked to be naked. So I saw her body all the time. So after she was aware of the fact that I was asking questions, instead of giving me a book, she actually showed me her body parts and said, this is where it goes, don't touch me, but this is where it goes and this is what you do. She took a bottle of I don't know what you call that stuff that you put on the the baseboard's cock I think it is yeah. And she put a column on it and said, This is how you put a column on Oh my
0: gosh. Wait, was this when you were like seven years old still? You were young? Yes. may be the craziest or best I don't know sex talk I've ever heard about what did your little brain think
1: well I didn't know what this was but I knew that I wanted to make a woman make those choices that my mother made cause she sounded like she was having fun
0: <laughs> okay yeah. Okay. And then can you tell us about yourself and your body as a child? Like, did you discover your parts? Like, what was that like for you?
1: Well, here's the thing I grew up before there was internet, Mm -hmm. but there was cable. Mm -hmm. So, my mother's boyfriend, the one that I always heard her doing it with, I came home from school and he quickly switch the TV because we had one of those describblers for cable. It was illegal cable boxes. Yeah. So one day I came home and nobody was there and I turned it on and there was portal on there. <laughs> and I was like, this is interesting. Do you so, remember how old you were? Yeah, I was only about two years after the sixth time, so I was about 9 or 10, Okay. Stuff like that. Yeah. So I started watching it, and I'm like, there has to be more to it than this watching it. Because yeah. why would he keep doing it if he was just watching it? So I started doing what they were doing on the uh, porno. What were they doing? What did you do? The girl was masturbating the guy, so I started using my own hand, and I was like, this feels kind of good. Yeah. And so I got to the explosion, you know, the orgasm part, yeah. but nothing came out, and I was like, am I broken? Oh. I thought I was broken. Oh. And so I kept doing it day after day after day. Because I was like, this feels really, really good. Yeah. So, eventually, two years later, my fluid started coming out, and I said, okay, I'm not broken. Yeah. It went. So, that is my first sex experience was actually with myself. Yeah. I've always been very intellectual. My mother has given me that ability to ask her questions. And so I always ask her, why is something a certain way? And she was able to answer my question. When I came to her and said, I've been doing this, is this normal? She's like, yes it is. it's, It's completely normal, but just do it when you're at home don't do it in public, it's wrong. Yeah. Which yeah. I found out later was not always the case because I've done public stuff too.
0: Ooh, okay. Okay, we're going to get to that. But okay. I want to just pause. It sounds like your mom was really open. Was she very open-minded and really clear with you?
1: Yeah, when I was growing up, up, up until she got remarried, she was very open, very hippie-ish. So that makes sense. Uh, yeah. She was very free-loving type of person, but then when she got married, she got very religious. Oh, really? How old were
0: you when she got married? Remarried?
1: I was seventeen. Okay. That opened it completely, completely without the window, and we became estranged. We still are to a certain extent, but for those first 18 years, she was a wonderful mother and a wonderful teacher as far as what I needed to do to survive with my disability as well as sex.
0: Yeah. So I want to get to that, but first I want to go back to something you said a few minutes ago, which was when you were a kid just learning to masturbate and nothing came out, you were afraid that you were broken. Do you remember where you got that idea from? The idea of being broken?
1: I don't know where I thought of it, but uh, I saw that there was white, sometimes clear fluid coming out of the guy Mm -hmm. on screen, which was cum. I found that later. But at the time, I was like, how come I have no fluid coming in? Got it. And so that's when, I figured I must be broken.
0: So can you tell us a little bit about, just walk us through some of your sexual experiences in life?
1: Well, my sex life is kind of complicated because there's not many women that are willing to look past my disability. It may be different other parts of the world, but where I live, people are very scared to... Because they don't want to hurt me. Yeah. That makes sense. So I always try to be very open with him from the very beginning and say, look, you're not going to break me. So if I'm hurting or you're doing something wrong, I will tell you. Yeah. Yeah. And so far, I've had two relationships, total serious ones in my entire life. And both times, the sex was absolutely wonderful. But my first sexual experience where I lost my virginity was a bit, let's just say, unorthodox.
0: Okay. Can you tell us the details, please?
1: Yes. Well, I had a roommate that I lived with for four years. He was also my assistant at the time, and he was a big, big bodybuilder type black guy. And uh, he had the gift of gab, and he used to tell me, because when I started college, I lost my confidence. I couldn't talk to women. I didn't even want to go out. And he was the one that told me, like, look, you're a smart man. You just need to get out more. So he used to take me to strip clubs. Okay. Where the women have to talk to you because they want your money. <laughs> Fair. And so so I got my sea C-leg, legs, so to speak, in the strip club today. I, I realized I can do this. Yeah. So we quickly... Transitioned into karaoke bars.
0: What was it that made you realize I can do this? You know, what made you go from losing because, your confidence to knowing you could do it?
1: Because I, after going a month to we moved, I I never spent a lot of a lot of money because I've never had a lot of money. Yeah. So I would go in there with maybe about fifty bucks and come out, like, with that's all I would spend, would be 50 bucks. But after a month, I had girls coming up to me when I entered the door. I had managers moving people out of the way so I could get a front row seat. And I realized this was because I treated the women like people instead of, like, pieces of meat. To be objectified, and they respected that. Yeah. So, so I got special treatment when I went to the strip club because I was a nice guy. Yeah. And so that's when I realized, hey, I can do this. And so that's when I started to gain confidence and realized that, hey, this is okay.
0: Yeah. I love that you pointed that out because I get a lot of messages from people who aren't having sex and they ask me why, which, first of all, I'm terrible at giving advice. I'm a very single person. I don't have any answers. Like, I think it's hilarious when people ask me for advice. But what I notice in the tone and the like disposition of a lot of those people is that they're very angry and they feel like people owe them sex. But it's like when they're just nice. You know, usually it's like, that's the part that you're missing. It's not, it's your personality. Just be nicer. I don't know. I don't have all the answers, but that's just something I've noticed lately.
1: Well, this goes along with what you were saying. I believe that sex is a gift that should be given and not taken. So I'm not going to assume that you're going to give me anything until you give me indications that you are. And that's the way I've always been. And I I am an extremely horny individual. Yeah. Like, completely so it's very hard for me to tone that down.
0: Let's talk about your horniness. Tell us the details of how horny you are. Like okay. like what does it feel like in your body? What do you like? What turns you on? Just tell us everything you can think about horniness.
1: Well, honestly, I can easily masturbate once a day. Yeah. Sometimes twice. And that, that only got worse after I lost my virginity.
0: Why are you saying the word worse?
1: I mean, but my sex drive uh, increased after I lost my virginity.
0: Okay. Can you tell us how you like to masturbate? What are the details of your masturbation? We'll continue okay. with the horniness.
1: Okay. I basically use lubricant lotion to be exact because my hands are a bit on the disabled side okay. so if I do it dry it hurts yeah so I always use any kind of lubricant and when I'm with somebody like when I'm dating someone I get more turned on by them than by watching corner oh yeah See, to, to me, porno is just a means to it. Mm-hmm. And I naturally don't like big playing women. So watching porno, is like, they're not really liking what they're doing. They're just doing it for paycheck. So a lot of the porno that I watch is self shot yeah. amateur type porno, stuff like that. I don't really watch a lot of production for Okay. But to me, it's like, why would you do that? When you are basically sucking a dick for money that's not good. Because I know they don't like it. I know they're just doing it mostly to get paid. That's someone. a
0: thing I wonder about a lot. But I also wonder about, like, there's a part of me that, could see another universe where maybe I'm a porn star because I love the idea of it, but it's like not culturally appropriate and I Right. I you know, I'm I am still trying to have a career as a regular actor. So right. you know <laughs> it's not going very fast, but at the same time it's like that's probably the only thing keeping me from doing porn because I love the idea of it. I don't know.
1: And it's funny you should mention porno because my first editing jobs were with porno. What was it like? What was that like? Like I said, when I was growing up, there was no internet. So, my friends in high school would give me, like, tapes and CDs of porno they either downloaded when the internet came along or they shot themselves and they they wanted it to be edited or or synced.
0: Was it hot, or do you think that's the reason why you don't like, like, production porns?
1: Well, what it was, was editing porno, if there's no cut in between, is really difficult, especially when it's out of sync. So what I I would look for when I was checking sound, believe it or not, was somebody to get Slap on the ass. <laughs> That's perfect. No, because it's like a slate. If the slap coincided with the noise, I knew that the audio was synced up.
0: That's amazing. Okay, it, so rewinding back to we were talking about porn and masturbation. So, do you use porn when you masturbate, or do you just like need your imagination? You said it's harder to think about your partners.
1: I use porn when I'm with partners or when. She is not able to facilitate, so to speak. Because people are not always horny as you are. So I have to respect that. Yeah. So mm-hmm. I use porno as more aid. But what I try to do is get my partner to send me pictures. Yes. And make videos yeah, so that I can watch them later. So that I don't have to worry about watching porn and the, the funny thing is, the two girlfriends I've had, and now I'm about ready to have a third, the two girlfriends I've had have been over 200 pounds. Mm-hmm. And the reason for that is, the first woman that ever gave me the opportunity was a bigger girl. So I became attracted to bigger women. Yeah, so so what I try to do is get them to give me pictures and videos so that I don't use porno. And what I also try to do is ask them, if I do watch porno, do you feel inadequate if if I watch porno? And if they do, I won't do it out of respect for them because if you are a bigger woman, you don't see a lot of big women in production porno. That's a good point. So if they see what I'm looking at, and I go, if you're watching her, do you even like me? Aren't I good enough for you? And so I have that talk with him early on, and I say, do you feel comfortable with me keeping porno?" watching porno or whatever, and they say either yes or no. No, but most of the time when I'm dating someone, I end up getting rid of my porno anyway. Okay. Because, because I just don't feel right about substituting them for someone on the, on the screen, if that makes sense
0: does it feel like a substitution to you? Because my heart and mind are like everything. You know, and that's one of the problems that I think I have is that I'm like, yes to everything, and I have to figure out how to pare down so yeah. it feels like a substitution to you?
1: Well, it depends on the person I'm with mm-hmm. because some women like porn. Yeah. And we have that discussion other. Do you like porn? And if they hey, no, not really. I'm like, I know where this is going. (laughs) Okay. So I know what's going to end up happening is I'm going to feel guilty eventually get rid of Mm. my porno, and then, but then I end up collecting it again because I have a collection of porno that would scare most people.
0: How do you collect Uh, it? How do you do it? And can you tell us about that?
1: Okay, I have one major internet account, uh-huh. and that is uh, browsers. I'm sure you're familiar with them.
0: No, they what is it? Wait, what is it called?
1: Browsers. B-R-A-Z-Z-E-R It's one of the major portal companies that produce content, and I have an account with them, or I did, I don't anymore. But that's how I because most of all, porno, because I don't, I don't stream, I hate, I hate streaming, because if my internet goes out, I can't watch porno. Yeah. But if I have it somewhere, I can always pull it out and go, okay, this
0: is what I'm going to do. That's especially important right now, as our internet bandwidth everywhere is getting squeezed by all the online conferences. <laughs> exactly.
1: Exactly. are so, smart. Yeah. So, I have, a collection of porno that rivals the old Black Buster videos. Remember those? I have a collection probably big enough. If it were in this form, I have a collection probably big enough to sell a store. Oh my god, that's so cool. So I just buy unlimited cloud storage and then I put the point that I could look on there.
0: Great. That's great. So would you say that's the main like expression or outlet for your horniness, or are there other other things we should know about your horniness? Well, I'm a bit of <laughs>
1: um, I'm a bit of like mm-hmm. I have done public stuff.
0: You have? Can you tell us about that, please?
1: Well, there's only been, I think, one instance where I actually got up the to, to do something. I was in a Walmart parking lot.
0: You were in a Walmart parking lot? Yeah. <laughs> like, out in the open or in a car?
1: In a car. Oh, okay, okay. <laughs> and my mother had run inside to get something and I had wondered if I could finish before she got back mm-hmm. because my windows were tinted, mm-hmm. yeah. so no one would be able to see me. So I started, and what I would do is I would find a woman that I found. I tried to just follow what she was doing until I reached climax, and then I actually did finish. Before my mother stepped out. You did? Yeah. Okay. And and put my equipment away. (laughs) And then went about my day. She never knew anything. Wait, what did you do
0: about cleanup?
1: Well, I had underwear on. So I actually just scooped it and put it in my underwear. I
0: I think that's the go-to move for dudes. Totally.
1: I know it sounds kind of gross. But that's what I did. I had no other choice. That's
0: amazing. So, oh, my
1: gosh. How old were you then? I was probably 14-ish, yeah. and I was really, really old in that day. It mm-hmm. just had to do with this idea that I wonder if I could get it done, and I did.
0: So, and... Okay, I want to go back to your masturbation, like the details. So you use lotion, and like how do you touch yourself? Like what what hands, like what do you like? What feels good to you?
1: Well, I am predominantly left-handed. Okay. So, so I use mostly my left hand, and I basically put my lotion on the right side of my body so I like cross over, mm. like, and just I put... Some lotion in my hand and go to work.
0: And do you like like fast or slow or like yeah. is it like a grip or and what are your balls like?
1: It depends on what kind of mood I'm and how much time I have before I have to get up or go to bed.
0: Can you tell us the longest version? <laughs> like if you have okay. unlimited time, like what's your longest, like most luxurious masturbation session like? <laughs> so focus. I've lasted without coming in two and a half hours. Really? That's amazing. By yourself? Yeah. I have never been that patient with myself, and you have just set a new goal for me because I've never set aside, like, hours for a self-sex session, and I admire that. Okay.
1: But the reason the reason why I did that was because I was a virgin still, yeah. and I wanted to twin myself not to come too quickly
0: oh.
1: I didn't want to be that guy that popped his load after 50 seconds <laughs> yes so it takes practice it takes it practice does. Yeah. it does and depending on who I will that still doesn't matter all my training could go out the window because if I really turn on my hair it doesn't matter yeah. Well, how do you feel
0: about that? Because I don't mind if a guy comes right away as long as he still wants to play. Do you know what I mean? Like, if you're a person that comes so hard and then you're, like, asleep for the next eight hours, then then I have a little bit of an issue. But if you, like, come right away and still want to touch me and whatever, I'm good with that. But how do you feel about coming fast?
1: Well, I'm the same guy that I will always make sure my woman come first at least once before I even start doing anything to myself because I want to make sure that she is taken care of even before I think about myself. So that way, if I do come very quickly, I don't feel guilty about leaving her, so to speak, high and dry. (laughs) Sure. Yeah. I always tend to make sure either by oral sex, which I've been told that I'm very good at. Okay, tell us what your moves are. Tell us. Tell us. Well, the thing with that is because I can't move my body very much, Yeah, I have to have a very clear communication with my partner. You're too high. You're too low. <laughs> you know, so on and so forth. But if we have that communication, typically what I do is I listen to her breathing. Because even if she's not very loud, she will always give you a signal of some sort. Yeah. If you listen hard enough, you'll find it. And that's why whoever I'm dating, I will talk about sex with him for hours on end before we actually do anything because I want to know who she is as an individual before we get down to the actual physical activity of sex. Definitely. What's
0: the best position for you to go down on a woman?
1: Well, usually how it happens is 69, uh, where she's on top. Okay, cool. Oh, that's great. And I will often tell her, like, don't touch me, because I don't want to get so so horny that I get past the point of no return.
0: Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. I can't perform later on, but uh, what I typically do is I try to give her at least one or two orgasms with my tongue before I even... Move on to something else. And like I said, I will have communicated with her for hours before we do this so that I know what she likes and what she doesn't. So by the time I actually have sex with somebody, I know what they want.
0: I haven't met that many people who do talk to their partners for hours about sex before having it. Could you maybe give our listeners a little overview of what that's like so that they can do some learning and so I can do some learning?
1: Well, see, here's the problem with my method, Because in it, every method, there's always some kinks to it, so to speak. Mm-hmm. Some people do not feel comfortable yes. talking about sex. Some people are a little bit hesitant to even mention that. Mostly people that have dealt with sexual abuse are afraid to talk about sex. But what I try to do is say, look, if we can't talk about this, we shouldn't be having it.
0: Totally. I mean, that is how I feel for sure.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I said so. If you are unable to talk to be better at least. Then we are not going to be any more than a friendship at the very most. Yeah. Because like I told you early on, I am a holy guy. Yeah. I will always be a holy guy. At least until it stops working. <laughs> but um uh, but yeah. I if we can't get that out of the way from the beginning, then We don't work out. But when we're actually talking about sex, it's very fluid because I'm a question asker. I will ask question after question after question and I will say it multiple ways. So people get what I'm trying to accomplish. Yeah. If they still get that I will tell them why I'm asking that question. And then they seem to go, okay, now I understand what he's going for. Let me answer him. And once And you've had this issue with your master, once you don't feel embarrassed, you will say anything to your partner. And I think that's the problem with a lot of people. I don't want to say women because I don't want to be stereotypical, but... I think that's a problem with a lot of people is they don't feel fully safe yeah. talking about sex. They feel fear of embarrassment yes. or fear of ridicule or something mm-hmm. like that. So I try to make them feel as safe as possible. And one of the things I say, I say, look, whatever pet name I call them, I say, look, sweetheart, I've stuck to a chair. There's no way I can hurt you. So you don't need to be embarrassed to to talk to me about stuff because I can't hurt you. I can't even I couldn't even defend you if I wanted to. I could try, but I wouldn't kill you. So so the I the idea of me physically hurting you cannot happen. Yeah. And when I have a partner, they're like, oh, he's right. Hmm. And then they instantly open up and they go, I can feel safe with him. That he's not going to hurt me in a moment of passion or a moment of intimacy because he can't.
0: Yeah. Well, on the flip side of that, are there things that you need to have in place in order to feel safe? Because it is a vulnerable position for you.
1: Yes, it is. And it's good that you asked that question because my thing is I never believe in one line stands for me. Because if I have just spoken to you for twenty minutes and you wanna fuck, I'm like now. Yeah. Because when I lay down, I can't move. And so I am trusting you with my body. Yeah. And, yeah, you know, and it's like it's like this is a very vulnerable position for me where you could potentially kill me. Yeah. If you wanted to. So one-night stands are completely on the question. And Even though I wanted to try it, it won't happen for my own peace of mind. Yeah, that makes sense. It just won't. And the other thing is, you have to be willing to, and I know this does sound weird, because I'm a movie lover, you have to be willing to lay down with me and straight up watch a movie, Yeah. or I won't even attempt to have a dream, (laughs) because... If I know you're comfortable enough to snuggle with me where I feel my most vulnerable when I'm sleeping, then I'm comfortable enough to sleep with you. That's amazing. Also, it's like
0: you want to actually Netflix and chill, and then you want to Netflix and
1: chill. Yeah. I love that. And there was only one exception that I made that role and that was on my thirtieth birthday when when I hired a profession mm-hmm. to to update with me on my birthday. Yeah. And I don't know if you wanna get into that now or if you want to go back Oh, I,
0: I'm I'm so happy to hear everything. Yeah, please tell that story.
1: Okay, well yeah, to understand. I lost my virginity when I was twenty five. Okay. And after that I went on a four year dry spell. the mm-hmm. way I was almost thirty. And I had no sexual time, no partner, no no fuck buddy, no nothing. So mm-hmm. no, I was getting antsy, so to speak. So I was like, you know, I'm going to do my best to find somebody that will that will do the deed and give me give me what I need to get out. And so I looked up back page before it got closed down because it got closed down pretty quickly.
0: Yeah.
1: And I found this woman. I won't say her name for an obvious reasons. Okay. But I found this woman that didn't look tore up. Cause I, I have an issue with it. Um, I, I don't want to be able to support their supposed drug habit. Yeah. Yeah. So I found someone that w- didn't look like she was like doing it for other reasons than monetarily. Yeah. I, I called her up and see. The problem with me is when I first talk to someone, I'm very, very nervous, especially when it comes to sex. And so as soon as I answer the phone, my breath goes out of my lungs. And I literally can't speak. So I I texted her first and I said, look, I'm not a cop, uh, but I am a disabled guy. I'm, I'm turning 30. And I would like to hire you for your service. And um, she goes, she quoted me price, which again I'm not gonna say for obvious reasons. But she quoted me price, and I said, "That's a little high, isn't it?" And she goes, "Well, that's my price." And I go, "Okay, done." So I said, here's my address, here's the time. Let's do this. Yeah. So when the time came, I had gone up to somebody that I trusted, one of my assistants and I said, Look, this is what I plan to do with this girl. Can you stay outside? During the smart actual- That's so smart during the actual procedure so that she doesn't run off with any of my possessions or any of my extra cash. Um, And she was a woman, so she goes, yeah, I'll stay. Because women can beat up other women, but men can't beat up women. So I I chose to ask a woman to do it and uh, a man because if a man tries to stop her she could claim to be assaulted and then we're both fucked here <laughs> yeah. so the woman that I hits I, she goes okay I'll put you in the bed I'll give her the money I will address you and then I will wait outside Yeah, because she knew that I hadn't been in over five years. I'm on six. Yeah. And she's like, I totally get it. I understand. You know, this and that, the other thing. And so we did the do- And this this woman, she comes to my door. And by the way, she was hour late, which made, oh. made it worse because my assistants are on a clock. Yeah. And I was like. Can you do me this favor, please? I don't want to cancel Seriously? And yeah. She's like, yeah, I'll stay. So this woman walks in my door. She's literally five foot two mm-hmm. and less than a hundred pounds.
0: Oh she's tiny. Yeah.
1: And I'm like, this woman is smaller than me. And I started thinking, like, all oh, the crap I could do to her because because I could I could actually lift it because he wouldn't be able to tell by looking at me, but I'm actually very strong.
0: I actually did notice your muscles like like one of the first things I noticed was like, oh, he's got great arms.
1: like well, for years when I was growing up, I was a gym rat. Oh, okay, so that's how I developed the body yeah, I'm a little better now. Because we all get a little bit fatter as we get older. Mm-hmm. But I still have maintained most of my strength and muscle mass. So. That's great. But she came in the door and I, I introduced myself. And I was like, I wasn't naked at, at first because I hadn't even met the girl. You yeah. Know? Yeah. I told my assistant, I was like, let me just meet her first. Yeah. So I don't seem like an appropriate person, you know. So I introduced myself. I said, give me about five minutes to prepare because I want to make sure I didn't stink. Yeah. yeah. Because I sit all day, so I sweat. So it's like, I want to make sure I didn't smell or anything. Totally. Uh, I said, give me about five, ten minutes to compose myself and um I'll let you come in. And she, after I had got undressed and everything, she came in and she took off her dress because she was wearing a dress and she was completely naked underneath. Mm-hmm. And I was like, this is fun. And the reason why it was so much better for me is because when you're dating, there is certain protocol you have to follow in most relationships where most women just don't want to be a call. They want to be more than just call me and fuck me. Yeah. There's some women that want that. Yeah. But in my experience, most of my liaisons have been with women that want to be wine and dine, so to speak. Mm-hmm. And they may or may not one you know, afterwards. But with this, I knew what I was getting into. Yeah. So all that one and done stuff went out the damn window. Yeah. And I was like, this is so much easier. <laughs> and with me, because I only had one sexual experience when I lost my virginity, I was still relatively inexperienced. And all of a sudden, I'm hiring a professional. And I'm like, part of me was like, what have I sunk to?
0: Did you say sunk to? Yeah. Because you had hired a professional?
1: Yeah, I I felt low at first. Because I was like, am I such a loser that I had to hire a professional to sleep with me? But I was like, hell, she's already here. I might go through with it. As I told you earlier, I am the type of guy that likes to please his woman. Yeah. So, with a hooker, you don't really get that because she is on the clock. God. She wants to get in, get done, get out. So, with her, it was kind of like a lot of my enjoyment went out the window because I didn't get to please her as much as I wanted to. But before we actually started, I said, look, I know you are where you are, but I still respect you as a person, and I want you to have a good time. So can you do me a favor and tell me what you'd like to have done to you? Yeah. Because even though you may not let me do it, I still want to at least try to make this as pleasurable as possible for you because I'm a giver naturally. Yeah. I don't like it I hate that. Really? And she goes, uh, you can do whatever you want to me, but no anal as extra. <laughs> she exits her and she's like, no you know, anal as Are you into anal? I never tried it, but okay. I don't think it Okay. Unless she was. Like I said, I had that whomever I'm with. Yeah. And so, so, what happened with her is she put the condom on, which I insisted to, and she did too, that I wear one, and she gave me a blowjob with the condom on. And to be honest with you, and i hired her after the first time again, and she used way too much teeth.
0: Oh, no.
1: And it really, really hurt.
0: Like, but, where were the teeth scraping? Was it, like, on your shaft, or, like, at the bottom, or all of it? It
1: was, the shaft. It was the shaft. And I looked after we were done, and my dick was fevered Oh no! It wasn't, it wasn't broken. Yeah. But It was definitely irritated. And oh I'm my like, god! I'm like that. did not like I hope. but um, when a when a person is sucking, you think you don't want them to stop because they're sucking. You think. <laughs> well, and
0: sometimes do you feel like? I know that when someone's going down on me, I'm not always sure what's happening in the moment, and like sometimes I just want to see where it goes, and so I don't say anything, and then later I'm like, "Oh no,
1: fuck, ouch!" Yeah, so so I was at the point where part of me wanted her to just stop, but I was like, "I might not get this." Yeah. So let me just push through. And with me, when I first have intercourse with someone, I can't come. Why? Because I am so worried that that I'm not gonna last long enough. Okay. That my my dick will stay hard, but nothing will happen. Yeah. Like arousal won't happen, because I'll be too in my own head to concentrate on what I'm doing.
0: That makes sense. I'm the same way at least the first time. And I also have a thing where, like, if I don't come the first time with somebody, then I start to get in my head about I can never come with this person. And so I'm yeah, I'm shifting that. Well, I, I haven't do. had a new partner in a long time, but I was shifting that. So we'll see how it goes.
1: I do that, too. Yeah. I get it in my own head. But after we've done it a couple of times, I show. That's good. And I start to be more like myself. Yeah. But after it was done, because... We booked the hour, right? Yeah. But I looked at the clock after it was all over. One minutes. Oh. The amount that I paid for the hour didn't seem like I got my money's worth. You have to understand that this woman, and she's a nice lady. I'm not going to sit here in the bedroom. She's very nice. Amicable woman, but for the amount that I paid and the shape my dick was in. Yeah. I was like, it's not worth it.
0: Yeah. So could you tell us maybe what a fantasy experience might be? Like if if I was like, okay, today the woman of your dreams is gonna come through your door and it's gonna like everything is gonna go perfectly. What would that look like for you?
1: Okay. I was hoping that you would ask that because I have three major fantasies on my bucket list. And uh, I was hoping to do, you didn't know three before we ended this.
0: Please, yeah, tell us.
1: But my ideal day would be I wake up and she's next to me, naked, Yeah, we're just cuddling. I'm a cuddler. And... Uh, we're sitting there watching a movie and then she won't be the aggressor. I won't be. Because whenever I am the aggressor, which is quite frequent, I feel like a tool. Mm -hmm. I feel like the stereotypical guy that just wants sex when nothing can be further from the truth. Mm -hmm. But if I always have to initiate, it's a terrible feeling because does she really want me here? Or is she doing it just because she I'm laying here? How this rock? And she feels like an obligation to do something. So back to my original thought was we would be laying watching a movie and she would start to and then she like Foreplay, and for me, gun. I know you are particularly so good at this. Anyway, I like my nipples. Okay, like, and I love to be kissed. Yeah. I think when it comes to sex, I think more like the average woman than a man. I am very, very romantic. Kind of, I like the intimacy part of sex more than the actual acting self.
0: Yeah. I have a theory that more dudes are like that than we know, but because of cultural stigma or, like, the messages that men get in our culture, I have a feeling that they don't talk about it as much, and so that's why I love hearing about this. Can you, before you go on, can you tell us how does your body feel when your nipples are getting played with or sucked, and, like, you know, like, what, can you describe the feeling inside your body?
1: Well, it, it's different than a woman because if she is really into me, like if I can tell she's really into me, which I've had this happen before, now so I can go by on experience. If she starts doing that and does it correctly, I can feel it all over my body. It's almost like my entire body, except for the part that is being played with goes numb.
0: Whoa. In a good way? Or is it like yeah.
1: a... Yeah, it's almost like... Let me see if I can explain. Yeah, because it's a really good massage. Yeah. fall asleep, and you don't remember where you are for, yes. like, 20 minutes. Yes. That's the, that's the feeling that I'm talking about.
0: Amazing.
1: So, and I've only had this happen once and I was like, whoever this is, I want to be with her because I want this to happen again. And I think you had that with your master when you really got to know each other and you were like, I'm falling in love with this guy (laughs) because he gave you what you had never had before. And you had to back up and go. Wait a minute! This is not what he wanted. We can't do this. And you had to back away.
0: Uh, it wasn't me backing away. It was. It, it was complicated. But yeah, here's the thing about him. Before we said "I love you," things were great. They were perfect for one year. As soon as he said "I love you," it's like he owned me, and then everything fell apart.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: But like we had trust and connection and there definitely was love. It was just silent. So
1: Yeah, and I am one of those people I fall in love very, very quickly. And when I when I fall in love, I fall hard. Yeah. Like almost like if you leave me I'm gonna die. That type of
0: thing. It sounds like being in love affects your sexual feelings. Would you say that's
1: yeah. because if I'm in love with you, I'm gonna say you, but I mean like collective you. Yeah, yeah. if I'm in love with you, my body will respond if you just touch my neck. Yeah. You don't even have to take up clothes. You just, you can just speak to me, and my body will start to get the troops ready for battle, so to speak. So I can perform basically on command if I love you and you love me. Yeah. So for me, love is almost a prerequisite for sex because I don't like shallow, meaningless, you know, because I'm being so vulnerable. Yeah. I don't like shallow, meaningless things. So that's why when I hired these, professional, it didn't mean anything. Yeah. And I actually felt worse after the thing was done.
0: Well, Uh, And it sounds like she did not do due diligence in taking care of your physical body. You know, and like men, in my experience, are always very concerned about the well-being of their penis. So it's like a very vulnerable part, too.
1: Yeah. I mean, she did what she had to do to get the job done, too. Yeah but she took no physical care of me, yeah. which you kind of have to do. That's why when you did your episode mm-hmm. on BDSM and you talked about aftercare, I was like, this is what I'm talking about. Yeah. Maybe not necessarily the pain part, but I knew aftercare just as much eh, as a submissive man i dealing with the dog. And people can't understand it until they are actually with me. Yeah. Because even after you leave, if I'm in bed, I can't do it. Yeah. Yeah. So if you don't give me my phone back, or at least help me get back in my chair, I'm stuck. And it's dead. scary. That's really scary. Yeah. And so, sex can be, for me, very, very, I don't want really to say traumatizing, but that's the wrong word. It can be very, a moment of vulnerability that, if you don't know how to deal with it, can put you in a position where you can't do it. Yeah. So, in a way, what I have sex with somebody, I become a sub.
0: Yeah, because mobility, you don't have a
1: choice there. But here's the thing, I'm not a sub by choice.
0: Yeah. How does that feel? How does that feel to you?
1: Honestly, if I had to be completely honest, I hate it. I hate the fact that I, I can't do certain positions because of my disability. I hate the fact that, that uh, she has to do all the work other than other than well, I can do that. But ultimately, she has to do all the work. Mm-hmm. So I feel like a lot of times, unless I have a trust with her, I feel like in an with a If that makes sense. Yeah. That sounds and, hard. And so I will ask her After we're done, because I don't want to put pressure on her story, I will say, "Did you have a good time? How many times did you orgasm? Is there anything I can do better?" Yeah. 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 And if she's truly comfortable with me, she'll answer. And if she doesn't, I know this relationship isn't going to last too long. That has been the majority of my sexual experiences from beginning to end. But like I said, my virginity story was, like I said, very unorthodox. And I don't know if you want to get into that now, or if you had another question.
0: I do want to hear your virginity story. And I guess I want to hold on this moment because you just shared some like very powerful things not that a virginity story is not powerful but i guess i'm curious if given the reality that you're in this chair given the reality that you are at least sexually in your words submissive without choice how do you deal with it like how do you just deal
1: you no know? It's hard for me to describe because a lot of times, if she doesn't want to stay, because I've had issues with that too.
0: She doesn't want to stay to spend the night?
1: Yeah, like, oh, yeah. Like, she wants to go to work or something like that. Like, especially if it's morning, you know? And I'm just laying there, like, okay, here I am. But the thing is, during the actual act, for me, I go to a different place and I just focus on the intimacy part of it rather than the afterwards. Yeah. I'm like, so I basically have to compartmentalize my sections of lovemaking. I'm like, okay, this is the intimacy part. This is the advocate part. And if I don't get the advocate part, I have to learn to let that go because not all women are willing or even able to perform aftercare because they don't know how.
0: Yeah, I've been thinking about aftercare. I have a theory that most of us need some form of aftercare in any instance where there is intense vulnerability required. Yeah. Not just sexually, but also sexually. But even, you know, even when I'm having these conversations with people, you have to be careful to make sure that the person, that there's a, a feeling of completion and a feeling of uh, okayness where, like, you know, that if stuff goes bad, if you have a bad feeling, that that person's still going to be available to talk about it. And let's, because I've been in sub drop a couple times where you know sexually things go bad and it doesn't i don't think it matters if you're even into a dom sub dynamic or not i think anytime you're really vulnerable with someone there is like a mutual responsibility and i think societally we're not like trained in that so just i'm hearing just like huge amounts of vulnerability from you so i guess my question is what do you wish that women interacting with you in a potentially sexy way, like what do you wish that they knew or what are you tired of explaining or is that, does that make any sense?
1: Yeah. Well, in order to answer that question, I kind of have to go backwards to when I first was able to live on my own. Mm -hmm. And the reason why I have to go backwards is because Whenever I go out in public with anyone, I feel like I have to prove that I'm not mentally disabled because people look at me and they have certain preconceived notions in their heads of, is this guy, is this guy mentally deficient? Yeah. Is, is he able to carry on a conversation. So every time I go into a social situation where I've never been, I feel like I always had to prove myself. And that gets tiring yeah. to go everywhere. And people assume that you are mentally incompetent. And uh, we're getting in an age now where we're better at better at it but when I was growing up That wasn't the case. Yeah.
0: Every
1: every time I would go out, people, especially older people, would go, it's so nice to see you out today. And I'm thinking, where am I supposed to be? Yeah. You know, and how that translates to sex is, if you know me enough to know that I'm vulnerable, you should know that I don't want you to leave. Right away. You should know that I want to stay and chill with you a little more so we can talk about what we just did. You need to know that I am capable of staying with myself until my assistant gets back. You know, so they need to know that make sure I have the stuff I need to. Survive until somebody can get me out of bed. And that can be very, very disheartening because they may try, but they may forget one thing and they may go, Well, I'm too close to home. I don't want to go back. They
0: they have to, though. I'm sorry. They have to.
1: (laughs) Well, that's not. Yeah. Well, you'd be surprised even with my own assistance where. I called them and I said, we forgot something, can you come back? And they're like, no, I'm too good to home, I don't want to waste the gas. Uh, so therefore, I'm stuck and I have to make do with what I have until I get up in the morning. So again, goes into the arena of aftercare, yeah. where you have to make sure that I and taking care of as a person, not just as a sexual partner. Yeah. yeah. Does that make sense? Totally
0: makes sense. Yeah. Wow. Well, do you feel like there's anything else that needs to be shared kind of in this vein that's important for people to know?
1: With certain disabilities, there are disabilities where you can't feel anything from the neck down. But my disability isn't like that. So a lot of the questions I get, one of the first questions I get is, does it work? And uh, the answer, obviously, is yes, because I wouldn't be on this podcast right now if it
0: didn't work. I would still have someone on the podcast if their parts didn't work. I would just talk about what that felt like, just so you know.
1: Well, at least you open-minded. about it, and another question I get is, how do you go to the bathroom? Uh And I know what they mean, but how it comes across is, what do you use to go to the bathroom? And I use what every other man uses, and that is my penis. (laughs) But what they're saying is, what is the procedure for you to go to? So I kind of have to read between the lines and think they don't know what they're saying. I have to be understanding of where they're coming from. And it's it's all about context. And this brings up an interesting story that I want to share. My cousin is very much younger than me. She and I are close. And she actually dated a person in a wheelchair because of talking to me. And that is my hope with this podcast that other people will look at people with disabilities as people not necessarily welcome, but it's, it's just a different type of communication that needs to be put forth a lot of times more on the non-disabled partner. You have to be more communicative than you normally would with your average partner because they're not your average partner, they need help. And I guess what I'm asking for is communication is always the key.
0: And on that note, can you give our listeners I hesitate to ask this because I'm sure you're so tired of teaching, and I want to make sure that people are conscious of the fact that every single time they ask another person to teach them. Yeah, what?
1: Well, it's funny that you said that because I was a teacher for three and a half years. You were? What'd you teach? I taught, believe it or not, kind of ironic because I'm not religious, but I taught Bible study for three and a half years. Cool. Um, Well,
0: you can teach the stories without, you
1: know... Yeah. And I taught disabled individuals the Bible. Oh, cool. And uh, so it's funny that you should mention teaching because I feel like that's what I was put on this earth to do. Yeah. Maybe maybe not in a structural sense, but I want to make people aware of We're out there, and just because we're disabled does not make us any less of a human than your average person. And so many people don't understand that we are just like everyone else. We have needs, we have wants, we have desires. Now, some disabled people may not have the mental capacity to understand what those desires are, yeah, But they still have them. Yes. And it's up to non-disabled people to teach the disabled people that don't understand what they're feeling, how to deal with
0: it. So say there's someone out there who wants to make a connection with someone who has a disability and maybe they know about cerebral palsy, but they don't know you. And so they don't want to make the assumption that because they know a little something, they know your experience. Do you have any advice for people in general about how to initiate those conversations in a way that is less shitty?
1: Well, first of all, this is first and foremost. Always, always, always talk to me like you would talk to anybody else. Yeah. Until I prove that I can't, Mentally understand what you're saying, always tug me as if you're talking to your best friend.
0: And I love that you said that. Can you tell us some of, I don't know, maybe you don't want to go through this, but if you're up for it, can you tell us maybe some of the definitely don't do this things?
1: Okay. Okay. I was in a bar one night and uh, this drunk woman came up to me and she was completely hammered so I forgave her
0: yeah.
1: but she said to me in the best drunken voice I've ever heard she said I think you're hot can I go home with you and I'm like if you're this drunk I don't think you can do Yeah. because we talked about vulnerability in the beginning if I'm going with a drunk woman she is just a vulnerable bull no
0: yeah no yeah,
1: so, so like no and a lot of the papa that I get are people assu- assuming that I am uh, if I can use this word I know it's not PC but they're assuming that I'm retarded so mm-hmm. they, they talk to me as if I don't understand what they're saying. And one of the things they do is they assume I'm deaf. Like, they go, hi, how are you? Like, they in film motion. And I'm like, I can hear you. Yeah. What yeah. do you do? Yeah. Would you talk to somebody else like this? No. But you, you automatically see a chair. You assume mentally deficient. So, first and foremost, always assume that I'm normal until mentally, I mean, always assume that I'm normal until I prove otherwise. And that goes for all disabilities. Yes. Always assume that we're normal until we have proven that I don't understand what you're saying. And you can figure that out within. Five minutes of the conversation. Yeah. If they can't follow your thought process, then they're not all there. And you don't have to continue the conversation. Or if you want to, just be more delicate about it. Yeah. So that would be the first thing I would give. The second thing I would give is don't assume that I'm as desperate as I look. Because women in my experience, if they do have sick for me, it's either because they feel sorry for me or or they have some kind of weird messed up finish type thing that that I don't want you just because you are into disabled people. Yeah. I want you to treat me like a human with a disability and not just a disability. Yes. Yeah, because even though I have a disability, I'm still a fucking human being. Yes. And uh, I'm sorry I'm getting a little passionate about this because uh, I've dealt with this a lot.
0: Yeah, I'm glad you are, and I'm glad you're sharing it.
1: Yeah, I deal with people, especially on um, Pornhub, because I have an account of people that are straight up just finished if that's a word, finishes for disabilities, and I'm cool with that as long as you're able to turn it off.
0: Well, yeah. I mean, in the same way that if someone were to talk to me as if I'm a kinky submissive in all realms of my life, I would be like, yeah. "Hi, go fuck yourself." Like, not yeah. in the nice way, in the mean way, go mean fuck yeah. yourself. Yeah.
1: <laughs> it's one of those things where I've spoken to people, men and women, that are straight up to disability. They have a fetish about that, and. I'm fine with that as long as you are able to treat me as a person yeah. with a disability instead of just my disability. And so that would be the two things that I would say. And the third is, I'm in a relationship with you, realize that no matter what kind of position I put you in, and I mean figuratively not that, basically, no matter what kind of position I put you in, you're never going to be more vulnerable than I am. Wow. Yeah. I'm always going to be the more vulnerable one of the two of us, so you have to keep that in mind if we're being intimate with each other. And I'm not just talking vulnerable physically. I mean, vulnerable mentally too. Because if I am letting you see my body as, this is the wrong word, but I'm going to use it anyway, as important as it may be, you have to be aware that, even though you may not say anything about it, I know that you're looking at, So maybe you could politely say, like, look, even though you are the way you are, I still like you for you, if that makes sense. And a lot of people don't know how to do that. And when it comes to relationships, a lot of women, in my experience, they don't want to have the extra baggage that comes with dealing with a disability. But their problem with that is they're assuming that I can't take care of myself without them. Yeah. Where, where was I before I met you? Yeah. I was fine. So obviously I can take care of myself. I know how because I just met you. So why would you think? That after meeting you, I would expect you to take on all the burden that is my life. Yeah. And, and that's where a lot of women make the mistake of, I don't want the responsibility of dealing with his extra needs. And I tell them from the beginning of a relationship, I will only put on you what you are willing to handle. Beautiful. Yeah. So that's what I'm talking about. Communication is first and foremost, always. (laughs) Does that answer your question?
0: Yeah, I think those are such important things and I'm so grateful that you shared them. And I just am reflecting on what you said about your body. And I think that that's something that I, with any partner, I never know how they want me to talk about their body. And so I've been trying to get to a place where I'm more curious because I've been with guys who have bellies and they hate it. And I've been with guys who have bellies and they love it. And I've been with people that have small penises and I was, it was too long ago and I didn't know how to talk about it. And so, you know, that's, that's one of those things that I am always thinking about because I love looking at people. And so I think my, in my brain, as I've been noodling on this for a couple months, it's like. I think I want to get to a place where I just ask people how they feel and how they feel about me looking because I love looking, you know. Yeah, I always
1: tell people everybody has issues. You can just see mine. Yeah, mine are not open. I can't hide mine. Yeah. If that makes sense? Yeah,
0: that makes perfect. I love that you said that.
1: You will always know my issues. Yeah. So I've had to learn to accept myself for who I am and be okay with that. And I struggle with that for years dealing with my own insecurities which I still have yeah. by the way. Of course. Um, but uh, I think I'm in a good place now where if a woman came up to me and said look, I really want to get to know you as a person, I'd be like, okay, let's go. What do you want to know? I wouldn't be like, why are you talking to me? I'd be like, okay, what do you want to know? And then we would start the conversation and it would bloom from there.
0: I feel like I needed to hear that because I've been super defensive lately when when strangers are talking to me i'm like what do you want <laughs> so that's that's a great lesson yeah can you tell us the sexy details of your first partnered experience
1: okay after i um got rid of the street clubs, we started going to karaoke bars and like i said i am a bit of an exhibitionist not just sexually in other avenues of my life. So I had no problem singing karaoke because I figured, number one, I'm never going to see these people again. And number two, they're probably drunk.
0: Definitely drunk. I used to work at a karaoke bar. They're definitely drunk.
1: And I am the type of person where I don't drink at all. Because what people don't realize is this meaning my my chair and I'm pointing to it. This is a weapon. Yep. So if I get drunk to mm-hmm. the point where I can see or I don't have my wits about me, I can really hurt someone. Yeah. So I refuse to drink when I go out because I don't want to put people on for this so we were at the Dubai, and we had been going there for a couple months. There was this woman, she was old enough to probably be my mother. And she wanted my friend. Because like I said, he is a big black bodybuilder type yeah. individual. And she wanted him. and. I said to him, I said, because he goes, okay, I'm going to try to do you late tonight. I don't know how I'm going to do it, but I'm going to try. And so we're scalping the place out, and I go, I bet you she would do it. Because she knew us, you know, yeah. and she knew that we were friendly. So once again, not really a one-night stand, because we, we had known the person. And he goes, you know what? I believe it. I said, but we got to get her drunk a little bit because she likes to think she's the good girl, but she really not So he's like, right. So and I know it's horrible, but we started putting like drinks down her
0: I mean, it definitely doesn't sound good, and I would say it's also a common practice,
1: but, you know. But just- if we didn't get her passed out drunk, yeah. she would just lose. So he started talking to her, and he convinced her to come home with And I'm sitting in my room, they're talking, and I'm thinking, okay. This isn't going to happen, but I can hear them talking, but I don't know what they're saying. And I found out later what they said, which I will get into after the actual experience. But all of a he comes in and goes, shut up, I'm giving you a rest. We're doing this thing. And so he gets me a Puts me on the bed. She comes in, right, but he doesn't leave. And I'm like, okay. I think we're doing. This. How did you feel at that moment? Incredibly awkward, <laughs> because he was this big, thick foot black man with a dick with a dick to match. If you know what I'm talking about. And here's me, this short little white guy who can't do anything. So it was the, the ultimate dichotomy of me versus him. Mm-hmm. And it was like, well, if I say no, is it going to happen again? Mm-hmm. And so, so I was like, okay, I guess we're doing it. So he starts to dress her and I'm just sitting there like, watching him. And for those of you that can't see, I have my arms folded like, okay, when is it my turn? <laughs> yeah, so he starts to her and all of a sudden she climbs on the bed and he's already hard. And so while she's Sucking me. He has taken her from behind. Oh. I mean, I think that's hot. <laughs> so it's like, okay. I guess we're doing this. Yeah. So, so, basically, he is trying to hold out because he thinks I'm going to pop after 15 seconds. But I don't. Because I treat myself... Prior to this, yeah, uh, he's not prepared for me lasting an hour and a half, yeah. So, so he passed out after about 20 minutes and fell asleep on the floor. And she starts writing me,
0: Uh
1: cowgirl, and I am enjoying it, but like I told you earlier, I can't. Come from intercourse. If I do, this is the first time. Yeah. So, she's letting me to the point where she's had two or three orgasms, according to her, and I have not come once. Yeah. And at this point, she's getting tired. Yeah, I would and, be too. <laughs> and and, and um, she's like, "Are you?" Close, and I'm like, oh, you want me to come? I actually said that. Yeah. You want me to come? And she gave me this sigh of like, really? (laughs) Yeah. I'm like, well, you're gonna have to blow me for that. Yeah. Because it won't happen here. And so she starts giving me oil again. Yeah. And I popped after about 45 seconds of that. Nice. And, and the amount of fluid that came out of my body, it looked like a size experiment. <laughs> and she was like, holy shit. And so, so that was the end of the first sexual experience but not the only time where I fucked her yeah. because apparently I did such a good job that she called me back fuck yeah and she was like do you want to get together and I was like cool and then it never happened and then two weeks later my assistant calls me and says I had to go pick up this person. We're coming to your house, and we're bringing tequila. Oh! And so I'm like, you know, I don't drink. Yeah. And he's like, well, today you are. Oh. And so okay, so I had maybe. The equivalent of one shot. Okay. So I, I was playing, and they just got plastered, you know, just hammered. Yeah. And uh, once again, she starts blowing him. And I said, Uh uh-uh. uh, we're not doing this the same way. I said, You have to give us equal attention not together and she stopped sucking him and just left him alone completely (laughs) so he felt like okay fuck you and he started being a jerk Hmm. and originally I thought he was being a jerk but what he was doing was helping me because he was making her not like him. That's no, she was like me.
0: That's a wingman. Yeah.
1: And so when he basically got overly aggressive, he knew what he was doing. So he wasn't going to get violent the truth. But when he got overly aggressive, she got turned off. And... That's when I swooped in. And I said, you know, you shouldn't have really done that. You know, I would have never done that to you. And then she starts sucking me again. And I said, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. There's something I want to do. I said, are you going to let me lick your pussy this time? Because up to that point, I had never done and so I didn't know what the fuck I was doing. Yeah. Oh, no man does when they do it the first time. I also didn't know the first time. Because the, the vagina is still a <laughs> the state. But um, she straddled my head. And I started licking her. And we, we got to a point where I knew by her reaction that I was doing the right thing. That's awesome. Because she started to shake because her, her knees are still between my head. So she's literally keeping herself up from squashing me. Yeah. And so she starts to shake. And when she moves her, her vagina, Goes to a place where I can't reach. Yeah. So I don't want to stop in the middle of the organism. So I use my facial hair.
0: <laughs> Amazing.
1: So I start moving my chin, and instead of my my tongue, That's great. because she was already in the middle of the organism, so yeah. I couldn't say stop and Move back because you you can't do something like that when you're on the moment of finding so I'm going to like this. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. Oh my god.
1: Yeah. You know, and then all of a sudden she just collapses on my on my chest because she can't take anymore. And I'm just like I did my joke.
0: Were you squished or was it okay collapse?
1: Yeah. I was okay because, okay, okay, okay. like I said, I'm a strong guy. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. But she wasn't that bad. Got it. That's she amazing. I was
0: like,
1: was I, was I that good? He sounds and, like yes. And she couldn't speak. <laughs> she, was like, she was like, I don't know how you did it, but that was amazing. So, you want to talk about the ultimate, supreme confidence. At that point, I was like, I can do this now. And so, I knew from that point on, I can make a woman come, maybe not by intercourse, but by some other means. And I became more supremely confident in my sexual ability. Not necessarily with my dick but with other parts of my body. Yeah. So I'm like, I'm okay now And my my uh I got a job after that and my confidence just went through and uh ever since then I've been a sexual machine. Not necessarily with partners but I've been studying sex trying to get better at it. Okay. how can I use this for later on? Because I want to be proficient in almost all areas no matter where my sexuality takes me. So that's why when I found you, I was like this is perfect. Amazing. This is exactly what I want. This is exactly what I've been looking for. I was so ready to telling you my experiences, to relate them to give each other a sexual education. Yeah. And by the time we have actually like met today, you have given me so much more education on sex than I could have never dreamed that I would have. I want to take this opportunity to thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Because what you're doing is uh, terrific work and I hope you will keep doing it as long as you have breath in your body. I hope Uh, so.
0: I'm trying, I hope so.
1: Yeah, so that was my first sexual experience. And my second sexual experience were with the same woman. In total, I've had four Partners and that's including the professional ones.
0: Yeah.
1: I included and and despite the bad experience the first time I called her back because sometimes you just need it. Oh I know. And you don't want to date. You just say, Let's go. I need this and she was the quickest way. Totally. And honestly, it didn't get any better. Yeah. Despite what I knew, it did not get any better. She still used to much tea.
0: Yeah. Oh no.
1: And so that was the amount of partners I had. Do you have any more questions in that vein?
0: I actually um, I have one final question for you. You've shared so many good details and I do feel like we could talk for a few more hours very easily, but I wanna ask you the question that I ask everyone at the end, which is if you could go back in time and give younger you a piece of sexual advice, what age would you pick and what would you say?
1: I would pick around like thirteen or fourteen. Mm-hmm. I would say not every woman has to be a sexual conquest. Say, I know you're a virgin, but it will happen. And when it does, you are going to really enjoy it. Beautiful. Justin,
0: thank you so much for being on the show.
1: You're welcome. Thank you for having me.